What's the word, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Sherman Obed, back here once again, bringing you the latest and greatest spread here on What's the Word Entertainment. Obed, good to have you back, sir. How's it going, my friend? I'm living the dream, man. Locked up in this cell. Thank God I got some outdoor spaces. <laughs> I hear you. I feel you, man. It's crazy out there in these streets. Uh, we have our returning guest, Chris, back at us live from Pennsylvania. How goes it, my friend? Uh, we're doing well up here in PA, same as you all down there. I, I got a quick question for you guys. You know, in, in this era, when we look 50 years from now, all the children that were born right now, what are we going to call them? We're going to call them Corona Boomers? What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's a little too soon for that. <laughs> we're going to hopefully call them the kids that pay for my social security. Total <laughs> facts. Because, <laughs> you know, and I was going to say, with everyone locked up in the crib right now, so babies might be getting made right about now. <laughs> Can only play so many games of Scrabble, right? <laughs> right. You know, how many? How many? How many uh, shows can you really binge on Netflix? <laughs> so, far, so far, a lot, Jerm. <laughs> so far, a lot. All right, I like it. Let's get right into it, uh, fellas. We have a lot to a lot to talk about. We haven't been off for the past couple of weeks, so man, I mean, Chris, you you know. You alluded to it before, um, this whole epidemic, you know, the whole pan excuse me, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, the whole coronavirus going around, it's affecting everyone and everywhere all over the place, including, you know, the wide world of sports, of course, as we saw it, you know, the NCAA, um, they canceled all their tournament games, all the college sports have ended, you know, for the winter and spring, pretty, pretty much shutting things down. A lot of people were asking if the seniors, though, should get an extra year of eligibility. I thought about this for a bit, <clears throat> excuse me, and I really thought, you know, why not? What's it going to hurt? You know, why not bring a kid back in school for another year? All it can do is basically just further their their development of their of their athletic prowess. Maybe get another, you can get a um, further further their education. So I really don't think it's a bad thing here. Um, I'll bet I'll, I'll go I'll, I'll go to you first here on this one. Your thoughts on possibly giving these seniors an extra year of eligibility? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great idea. Um, but it's tough to say, how do you coordinate it, right? Th these are still students, right? What, what about graduating seniors not interested in going to grad school? How do you, because we have such a uh, blurry gray area of whether a kid is a junior professional athlete or a student, what, what's really the onus for saying, okay, yeah, you can come back, don't go to any classes, just play sports, be paid with government funds, right? Um, it's kind of tough there. And you think of the kids that are going to go pro, they're going to go pro anyways. Uh, uh, Sherman, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, you know, not having any stars in college basketball, right? No big names in college basketball anymore. That doesn't hurt the small tier teams that those guys were, go were never going to go to, right? The Jimmer for debts pop up on BYU every so often, right? So coincidentally, this was going to be their first time back in the, uh, the attorney since he left. Um, but that only hurts the large scale to the large, the large teams, the big teams, the UNCs, the Dukes, they lose out on the Kyries, they lose out on the Zions, but it kind of evens the playing field, right? I, I mean, I think any kid that was going to go pro is already in contact. We know that there's contact between the families and boosters and whatever, what have you, you know, act like it's not going on fine, whatever. But the kids who know that they have a chance to go somewhere are already in contact with those, those streams. It is, it, this also has to suck for those kids that don't have that, that are that good, that, you know, are the Austin Ecklers, an undrafted free agent who ends up taking the job of the first rounder that was before him, right? Like maybe that kid doesn't get a chance to go to a team and walk on or be a D league player after that, because they didn't have, this one more year to shine yeah that makes sense chris quickly your thoughts on it as well 
I think it all sounds good on paper and it sounds like the quote-unquote right thing to do, but I think you have to think about the ripple effect. What about the incoming freshmen that were supposed to take some of those spots? Now they have to wait another year um, or, or sit out or lose one year because the seniors are coming back. Um, you know, if we bring these players back, these seniors, uh, how many scholarships are lost from those incoming freshmen? You know, unless the NCAA wants to increase the number of scholarships allowed for all men and women's sports. Plus, you have to remember, not all these seniors are on scholarships. Like Obed said, now you're going to come back and, and make a family pay for a, a child who might have already graduated scholastically, now have to pay just to, you know, come to play sports every day and all the income um, and economic effects. I think it's a huge ripple effect that's not good, so I'm not, against, I'm not for this. I definitely hear, you know, it's going to be, a, as you said, a ripple effect. It's going to affect financially and things like that. And as you mentioned, it could affect scholarships. I think they could possibly are, are mulling over the idea of increasing the scholarships. We'll see what happens there. But um, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but we'll see what happens there. Again, you know, across the board, it's affecting all sports. We, you know, we see that Major League Soccer was shut down, the NHL, baseball, even UFC postponed some events. And of course, you know, the, the NBA, it's midseason. They're, they're on hiatus right now. Um, it was announced that a Jazz Center, uh, Rudy Gobert, was the first one to test positive for the coronavirus. His teammate, Donovan Mitchell, later tested positive as well, too. Um, even Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets and three of his teammates tested positive. Most recently, the uh, forward from the Celtics, Marcus Smart, was on was another one. It's just kind of just rolling down the line, you know, and it's just crazy. So we're really not really sure when basketball will return. You know, they're thinking possibly mid to late June. You know, I'm wondering if they're going to play in the rest of the remaining schedule. Chris, um, I don't know. Should they play the remaining schedule or not that's left over? And maybe perhaps what happens with the playoffs? I mean, honestly, Sherman, could they play the remaining of the schedule? Sure. Uh, most teams are already around 64, 65 games. But if you look back to as recently as 2011 and a lockout um, of that year, they actually played a total of a 66-game season and then a regular playoff format. I think that is the best and most advantageous route to go. Um, I think, you know, we already kind of know if you're looking at the standings right now, both East and West, who those top eight teams are. A couple spots here and there, a couple teams that might be able to fight for it if you would play the remaining 20 or so games in the schedule. But I think they could cut the season exactly off right now. And once the virus does kind of subside and we're allowed to go back to somewhat normalcy, that they could just start the playoffs right there and then with a full playoff schedule and games. Okay, okay. I, I hear you. Oh, oh. Before I go to Obed, uh, actually, I mean, it's just weird, though, all of a sudden, because a lot of teams, you know, try to push towards the end. They may have been resting some guys in the middle. You know, they have that last-minute push. So I think they should at least come back, play at least a few more games, you know, have some uh, teams that tore the bottom of the standings, as you mentioned, Chris, giving them that last-minute push to get in the playoffs. I'm thinking they possibly could shorten the playoffs because, remember, this is going to run until summer, and it could affect the beginning of next season. Obed, quickly, your thoughts here. Yeah, Sherman, I mean, I think it's a good idea for them to at least those teams that have that opportunity to push to try to get a chance for it. But, you know, you think back to uh, shortened lockout seasons. Last thing you want is them running these players into the ground like horses, right? This is where, where load management has come into play, which lo and load management will become a thing for the NFL. Uh, if you got tired of hearing about it in basketball, you're going to hear about it there too. Uh, and load management already happens in like large international sports like club soccer, where there are certain games where you're not seeing Cristiano Ronaldo because they didn't pay him to run out here against D-leaguers. Um, now, as far as the, the shortened season, man, it's tough, man. I, I just, what, what kind of physical... Uh, space are people going to be like what what's what there are people actively staying 
in tip top shape like they usually are there, this could be some sloppy play out there that means like you know some superficial injuries uh those nicks and and uh bruises that people pick up that might linger a little bit longer because you're not in top flight shape uh you got to think about that over the long haul do you try to rush things right now to make up for it or focus on having a good playoff schedule with these individuals in some games where they can just warm themselves up for two weeks and then play a full playoff schedule even maybe shorten down to five or three or five game series just because i don't know can these guys be ready to go seven games straight that could you could see a whole lot of mix up in the teams we expect to see in the uh, finals as opposed to who will actually make it there. Right. Real quick, real, real quick. But, you know, to, to the point that I was making, though, uh, to have the season you know end right now where it is and start the playoffs, you alluded to, you know, a three or four games, a couple more games, a couple to get these guys that are maybe that nine or ten seed to bump up to the eight. No eight seed has ever won the NBA finals. So I guess my point is. Does it really matter if a team makes a three or four game push and slides into that eight spot? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The best team in the NBA usually always wins. It's usually a top three seed from either conference. So that was my only point. I just want to make that clear. Right. But also, too, that could also affect the higher seeding as well, too. If you play, like, let's say you play an extra 10, play 10 more games or even, you know, let's say five or games, that can you know, differentiate the one or the two or the two or the three seed, you know, looking at this East right now, the Celtics are only three games behind the Raptors for, for the second seed, you know, that's going to determine, you know, home court advantage, things like that too. You know what I mean? So that's why I say maybe have a couple more games and quickly on, oh, no, and I'll bet, I know you want to jump in here as well too, but playoffs wise, you know, if you, I think you're, I think the best thing to do is have a maybe best of five series, not have every single round best of seven, or maybe go back to having maybe the first round best of five or the second round best of five as well too, maybe just because you're going to, go on way into like i said if you don't come back till june you're gonna go to july maybe even august by the time the championship rolls around and the season usually begins in the end of october that's not really much off time you know especially for these guys who go into these deep and the end the, 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 towards the playoffs they're gonna need time to recover and as you said you're gonna have a lot of ticky tack injuries so i'm sorry you'll go you wanted to go ahead yeah no i wanted to say uh just on the same point of uh you know the season's blending in you make a really good point there sherman this is something that uh in the, the pundits have been talking about for mls mls is talking about uh, pushing their season back, not starting again until later in the year, uh, July, August, having a break at the end of the season, much like the EPL does, and then being able to say, hey, our championship game is Memorial Day weekend when not much goes on except for basketball, right? You kind of have that entire, as opposed to MLS competing against uh, NFL. Um, I personally, I, I, I completely agree with you that, you know, there is something to be said about that push to get to those different spots of those seedings and, and that playoff. And again, we're talking about money here, right? These organizations are going to want to continue uh, or start refilling their coffers after having so much time off. They probably wouldn't be opposed to playing a few more games, having some excitement, Bill, get people excited about the sport again, and then rolling out their playoffs. Right, right. I think that's a very good point where as well. But moving along, you know, I, like I said before, you know, it's just this whole that, you know, crisis is really just affecting everything, even, you know, as far as football is concerned, they already announced that the, uh, the draft will happen, but they will be closed to the public completely, you know? Um, but it, it's just, it's just crazy. That's it's, it's just everything. It's just affecting worldwide events. It's just, it's just wild. But speaking of football, definitely wanted to get into a lot, a lot of football news going down this past week. As we all know, the free agency period did begin this week along with the new league year. And man, it was booming on Monday and as well as even to Tuesday and Wednesday when free agency opened up. And of course we have to talk about the main thing, the biggest thing that happened. And I know it's going to bring Obed down this early, this early morning. I'm not trying to ruin your day, Obed, even further as it is may have been, but man, Tom Brady will not be in a new England Patriot uniform next season, folks. 
Um, it is official. He officially has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it's agreeing to what a two year, $50 million contract. I believe it is. Uh, but man, uh, oh, I, I, I gotta go to you a bit first. Cause I know you're a Patriots guy here. Your thoughts on Brady first, just announcing he's leaving new England and then your thoughts on him signing with the Bucks. Woo. Okay. America. Um, Hey, we knew this was coming, right? Let's not act surprised here. We all knew this was this could be an eventuality. Uh, and it had been cooking for a while, right? Um, first off, uh, my I tip my hat to Tom Brady, uh, consummate professional, you know, always, always coming out there and giving his best. You know, his uh, send-off on Instagram was, was, was par for the course for quality send-off, saying he'll always be a patriot for life, always try to represent himself the best out there when he went to battle. That just his going away fired me up. For more Tom Brady next year with him going to a Bucks team that, you know, is very lackluster, but maybe he was just missing uh, a quarterback that could actually see things uh, and find his receivers. Right. I mean, he's got four sure handed uh, uh, players out there between uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, the two tight ends there, uh, I don't know how they're going to feel about the run game, but Bruce Arians is willing to just say screw it and throw to whoever can actually catch it. Uh, that defense was coming on strong, but I, I, they've never really been for much over the last few years. I don't think they've had a defense since Tony Dungy left. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, I, I think that this is a lesson in egos. You know, Bill Belichick, I, I just... He's obviously had this on the docket for some time here that he wanted to get rid of uh, Tom. I mean, maybe even going back before uh, the the trade situation with sending over Jimmy Garoppolo, that 2016 season, Tom Brady is embroiled in the Spygate issue, uh, doesn't play four games to begin the season, comes back. And I tell you, if Belichick had had a quarterback controversy brewing with a four-game winner in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo starting uh, I think maybe you might have seen an exit with Brady that would have been not uh, kosher with a lot of NFL. Um, Didn't Jimmy G go three and one in four in those four games? Jimmy G went three and one in well, those maybe four games. If I'm, he, if I'm he, wrong, he, I apologize. No, he went three and one, and then I think he missed. Or no, he Jim, went two and two oh, and, and then set. and then Brissett had to finish out two games because he got injured. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, okay. Continue. Uh, but so, you know, it's, it, I'm sure that he thought, well, Hey, I, I see what these quarterbacks are costing. I see what guys are signing for. You know, we did see, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kirk Cousins signed for $84 million and Kirk Cousins is never going to have the kind of career that Tom Brady had. Um, and you know, you look at what Tom signed for two years, 25 mil each, right? Really probably more like a one year deal with a, Hey, what do we see next year? The year after, do we like it? Uh, which is what Tom wanted. He just wanted the average for what he should make left money on the table when he probably could have signed for $33 million out in Las Vegas. But who wants to do that? Let's be honest here. Um, uh, now, you know, them as a team, I, I knew that Tom wasn't coming back when you saw uh, Jamie Collins sign with the Lions and Kyle Van Noy, I believe, signed with the uh, the Dolphins. Um, you're looking at second tier quality, uh, you know, top top talent as far as playing on the defensive side. But these are not leaders in the clubhouse that are going to say, OK, we're going to write this ship while the guy's not here. These guys said we're not winning anything. Right. Uh, I think they've also had an offensive line departure. You know, uh, there was a chance they were going to sign Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he is now, I think, on his way to the Saints because Tom Brady is not with the Patriots anymore. This really puts the Patriots at a disadvantage out of the gate. I mean, and it's it's uh, 
to me, I really blame BB in this one. You look at Tom Brady from 2016 to 2019, 16,543 yards, 113 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, an almost four to one touchdown ratio and won three Super Bowls in the time that Jimmy G was uh, injured in the 2016 season and then didn't see him again because Tom played back, came back, injured in the 2017 season with an ACL injury. And then just most recently went, what, what, four of 11 through the fourth quarter of the playoffs uh, of the uh, Super Bowl and was probably one of the biggest reasons that the San Francisco 49ers didn't win. And Tom Brady won three Super Bowls. What are you doing, Bill? What are you doing? I I hear you, man. It's it's just crazy to think that, you know, at one point in time, Belichick was actually considering trading Brady away into the, you know what I mean? Um, Chris, your thoughts on Brady going to the, going to Tampa? Honestly, guys, I think it was the perfect fit, uh, especially right now at this point in Tom's career. Um, I still believe he's a top seven, top ten quarterback in the league. He just didn't have the weapons around him. Um, you, you go and you look at the Arizona Cardinals. Bruce Arians, they consider him a quarterback whisperer. He's done great things with players the likes of, of Carson Palmer. Um, if you really look at, at their defense, guys, I'm not even focusing on the offense. I mean, Obed alluded to the offensive weapons they now have. But their defense was a top five defense the last six weeks of the of the uh, season. And honestly, I think that's exactly what you need for Tom Brady at this point in his career. But really, I think this exit and this departure, um, yes, obviously the Garoppolo situation had a lot to do with it. But I really think the bad blood between the two, Belichick and Tom, was back in 2017 when, when um, Belichick banned his trainer uh, from, from and basically put certain members of Tom's circle, including Gronkowski, Edelman, kind of on their own little island, separated from the team, which we know is not the Patriot way. So I think that was the beginning and the end. There was two years left on his deal at that point, and I believe Tom was planning his exit, excuse me, exit strategy then. So I think this is more about Belichick than it is Tom. And honestly, I'm not a Brady fan. I'm a Steelers fan. So, you know, inevitably, I hate Tom Brady. Because <laughs> he beats my Steelers in the playoffs. But I understand that, and honestly, I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope he gets another one there in Tampa Bay. Dude, I think that Tampa Bay offense will be obviously much better going from Winston to Brady. Winston, you know, threw 30 interceptions last season. Um, and Obed mentioned Tom Brady has thrown 29 interceptions over the past three seasons, <laughs> you know, so that's something to show for it right there. But, man, it's just it's just crazy. It's, it's going to be weird, I'll say it, to end this topic here. It's going to be weird seeing Brady – and a different uniform other than the Patriots one. I will say that. Um, moving along, one of the biggest, or I guess, deals that went down this week, one of the most mind-boggling and absurd deals that went down this week would involve the Cardinals and the Texans, where the Texans traded away all-pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for, the running, for running back David Johnson. And in return... <laughs> yes, well, in return, they didn't even get a first round pick i don't know what bill o'brien has been doing while he maybe has been quarantined by himself i don't know if he's watching too much tv his is just frozen his mind it's probably um, fox news <laughs> you know uh but the texans get a second round pick this year and a fourth round pick next year for deandre hopkins um obed i'll just i'll deter to you first since you just hopped in here man what was what was your boy Bill thinking about? I don't know who Bill's supplier is. I don't know if the drugs are smokable, if they're injectable, but your man is on that crank. 
I'm sorry. Please tell me that you didn't give away <laughs> a uh, four-time uh, uh, All-Pro, three-time All-NFL uh, wide receiver, a perennial Pro Bowl wide receiver, seventh-year consummate professional uh, who gives his touchdown balls to his blind mother in the end zone, right? I, I, I don't – I have – he has every right to blast the organization and does not when he has the opportunity to. His salary per average right now is the sixth most behind uh, Julio Jones making 22, Michael Thomas making 19.3, Tyreek Hill making 18, Julio making 18, and Mike Evans making 16 and a half. And really what it came down to was him asking for something in the $18 million a year range. Why? Because that's what Julio Jones, uh, that's what um, Odell Beckham Jr. makes. And you have... All of the skill set that Odell Beckham Jr. has and none of the headache, right? You're not going to see DeAndre Hopkins on the field with a $400,000 watch while he's playing in the game. There's no need for such nonsense. You're supposed to be out here making plays. And that's what DeAndre Hopkins does. I mean, literally, this is nonsensical. The fact that you watch the Buffalo Bills give up a 2021st, 5th, 6th, a 2021 fourth, and you have to re-sign this 26-year-old. And you got a 2022nd and a 2021 fourth. Mind you, Sherman didn't say that they also got David Johnson because you don't even want David Johnson as a part of this trade. David Johnson <laughs> should be a first round draft pick, uh, somebody that has potential, not a guy that we literally saw running in mud last year. I have no idea what Bill O'Brien is thinking. Um, my when this first happened, there was one question that I asked. It was just why, just why. And Chris, I, I got to ask, why? why? What, what what the hell happened here? I, I don't get it. And you get nothing, pretty much nothing in return for it. And the fact that they already had two running backs on that squad and Duke Johnson and, right. and uh, excuse me, it's eluding me now. Uh, the, the two other running backs they had from Cleveland, the two guys. Carlos Hyde was a Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Hyde. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Obed. Why, why make this deal, Chris? Well, I mean, this really comes down to, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, this really comes down to Bill O'Brien. And this isn't the Bill O'Brien I knew from my time at Penn State and when he was the, uh, the, the uh, man in charge there, the football coach of the Penn State and the Lions, who was always known for bringing a team together, for being, you know, the leader of men. Um, there's been reportedly a lot of bad blood, not just between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, but a few players, but especially between Hopkins and O'Brien. Um, you know, recently it's reported um, that when they had a meeting right before this trade happened, um, that he called the mothers uh, of, of DeAndre Hopkins' children his baby mamas and not to keep them near the facility. Uh, he actually even, again, allegedly, according to you know Michael Urban, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that, that he actually referred to the meeting uh, last time he had something like that was when he spoke to Aaron Hernandez. I mean, what are you doing? What are you thinking? I get it that probably at this point, you know, decisions were already made and things were already put in place. But this just kind of goes to show, like, you know, you got to be a leader of men in, in a locker room in the NFL these days, and you got to be someone that can relate with your players. And I feel that Bill O'Brien is not relating with his players, and this is the main reason why this happened. Yeah, it's got to be something. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about, Chris. I mean, it, that, you know, Michael Irvin made some, you know, some, some very wild uh, statements the other day, which everyone was caught off guard. Is it true? Who knows? You know, I think Hopkins is kind of denying, you know, if there's any spat between them. He's going the professional route. But man, this must be some underlying thing. But the fact that you don't get a first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins is, is, even, is, even the Giants got a first and a third for Odell Beckham, and he came with way more baggage than right. DeAndre Hopkins ever right. did. 
I mean, Obed alluded to it before. The Vikings got a first-round pick and uh, and got a total of four picks from the Bills getting Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, all credit to Stefan Diggs. I'm happy he's on the on the Bills squad. I was, was going to be my next you know, question to you guys if, uh, about this, but they, he's not he's not DeAndre Hopkins, okay? And the Bills gave up four picks, including a first-rounder for, Hop, for, uh, uh, for, for Diggs. And you tell me Bill O'Brien doesn't demand a first-rounder, at least for Hopkins? It is absolutely crazy. Um, kudos to the Cardinals <laughs> for, you know what I mean, whoever their negotiator is, man, let's give it up for him because, damn, wow. I mean, good for them for making that happen. It's what happens when they're an actual GM negotiating with a GM. You have a GM negotiating with a coach, and the coach is going to make emotional decisions like, I don't like that guy. Get him off my team. Well, guys, we know this. I mean, we're, we're all in the workforce. We all understand business and business relationships and negotiation. You negotiate from a position of strength. So obviously, obviously the Cardinals knew that the Texans weren't negotiating from a position of strength because they knew Hopkins wanted out. They knew O'Brien wanted him out. That is not a position of strength. That is why the Cardinals had the upper hand in this negotiation. Yeah, it's just it's just really showing. Wow. I don't, I don't know if you can strengthen stupid. I mean, I just <laughs> Bill, Bill O'Brien like this. It don't make no sense. I mean, you know, I, I thought. Uh, Jamie Collins getting shipped off for pennies from the Patriots, but then him coming back, re-signing, and then winning a Super Bowl makes Bill Belichick look like a genius. I think Bill O'Brien screw, screwed the future on this one. If I'm telling you right now, if they don't make the playoffs, Bill O'Brien, this will be his last season as the head coach of the uh, of the Texans if they don't make the playoffs this year. Moving along, some other big news around the league came out when the Rams decided to release a pro running all pro running back Todd Gurley. He subsequently was on the market just for one day and signed with the Falcons. Man, um good great pickup for them. Uh, Chris, quickly your thoughts on the uh on Gurley going to Atlanta. I think Todd Gurley's agent is a genius. Um <laughs> they get him out of a situation where he really wasn't wanted anymore. He wasn't the focal point. Obviously they were trying to transition the offense over to a Jared Goff led offense, which I think is going to fail miserably, but that's left for another day. Um, so now he's really got one year. Uh, he's got to have one year deal there with the Falcons. He's got one year to prove that he's still a top five running back. I mean, he's at the prime of his career, mid to late twenties. Then he'll find he'll sign his final long-term agreement, probably a three or four year deal with another team that wants him. And hopefully, you know, a contender. Yeah. I mean, Great for him for going to Atlanta. I think Matt Ryan is definitely uh, glad to have him in, him in the backfield. You know, he can also catch passes out of the backfield as well, too, because they were, they were already announced that they were moving on from Devontae Freeman. But, man, this division is getting loaded with some talent, as we talked about before, with Brady um, going to the Bucs in that division. The Saints are still a powerhouse team. Who they, of course, they re-signed Brees to another two-year deal. So this division is going to be, gonna be uh, one of the up-and-coming, probably one of the best divisions in football pretty soon. You know, uh, Obed, quickly your thoughts on Gurley to the Falcons. I think it's a good move for him. I mean, you know, I, I, I honestly, I think his agent was smart uh, in getting a contract that had hit the rest of his years uh, guaranteed over injury because he was aware of how much they were running him into the ground, right? Because it was the Todd Gurley show until uh, Jared Goff decided to like play quarterback a lot better, but also has something to do with them having an offensive line. Rob Havenstein went down, who was one of the best uh, uh, linemen in the league a couple of years ago before they got their playoff. Person, you know that that uh, lost pieces. What's it going to look like with a better better line set out there? I don't know. I don't know if the offensive line with the, uh, the Falcons is any better. Um, 
good luck to him out there. Let him go home to them. Georgia Bulldogs are going to love him forever. Uh, you know, he gets another contract out of this. Good for him. Uh, but again, this is going to be a very crowded division. He, if he's healthy, which I hope he is, he's got a lot of work coming to him now. That uh, what's his name? Um, uh, at the tight end signed with the Cleveland. Cool, Austin Hooper. He Austin Hooper. So Hooper went to Cleveland. There's going to be balls there to, to, to go around. Uh, you know, I think that this is a great matchup. He could be like the second coming of uh, who was the running back down there that came from the Chargers. This is a, a blowback. Michael something. Uh, but at any rate, um, I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a great move for him and his family. Um, hopefully this gives another weapon to uh, – I can't think of any of these guys from Atlanta, from, from Matt Ryan, to pepper the uh, running back with plays. And as long as he stays upright, I think he could have a good year. Right, right. Um, another running back news. I was kind of shocked by this one. Melvin Gordon uh, was go- went over to the to the Broncos. Just Chris, I'll just go to you, just you on this one here, really quick. I was kind of, you know, like I said, just kind of surprised by it, seeing that they have Philip Lindsay. I think it's going to be kind of a similar situation of him, you know, switching time with Lindsay, kind of like how Gordon was switching time with Austin Eckler. Why did he, why did he choose Denver? In your opinion, because no one else wanted him, Sherman. <laughs> I mean, they looked at the debacle from the year before with the holdout and everything of that nature, where all he wanted to do was be paid and shown to be, you know, the main guy, the 25, 30 uh, carries a guy player and not be sharing those carries with someone else like you alluded to. But like you said, he's going to go to Denver and they're going to do that anyways. Um, Philip Lindsay, you know, you know, obviously not the uh, wasn't the caliber of a player and prospect coming out of college like Melvin Gordon was. But honestly, I, I just think no one else wanted him. I don't think there was a lot of options for Melvin Gordon. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and some other news, I don't know if you guys saw, well, I'm sure you guys saw, but the Indianapolis Colts signed former Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers to a one-year deal. Obed, I'll just go to you quickly here on this one. Does, does this does this work? Because, I mean, let, quite frankly, you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett is still there. I don't really know if they're going to keep him, if they're going to trade him away. Is this just to kind of mentor Brissett? Or, and then, you know, like I said, have Phillip Rivers there for one, maybe two seasons and then kind of move on. Your thoughts on what uh, the Colts are going to do here? I think the Colts are still going to draft a quarterback in this draft, and they're going to use that quarterback to be groomed by a quarterback room that has Jacoby Brissett and uh, Phillip Rivers in it because Phillip Rivers can't make a lot of the throws down the stretch. He'd be great on the team with a good offensive line that hands the ball off 25 times. Sounds like the Colts to me uh, with a defense that could do some things in that division. That division is already starting to look a little different now that uh, DeAndre Hopkins is no longer there and Bill O'Brien is an idiot. Um, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'm very much uh, concerned about how long he can last. you got to hide Phillip Rivers at this point in his career. Tom Brady is willing to throw, throw, throw at this time in this point in his career. Phillip Rivers, you got to hide before he throws four picks at the end for no reason. <laughs> true story true story other quarterback news the titans re-signed uh, ryan Tannehill to a four-year 118 million dollar deal with 62 million guaranteed boys getting paid man uh chris i'll go to you here is is Tannehill really the answer and can he do you think he can lead the titans to a title i mean after all they were in the afc championship game last year uh, not, not not a bad payday for a former uh collegiate uh wide receiver for texas a&m is it boys uh, I'll, I'll say, I, I must say, you know, this just goes to, to prove that the power of what one good season does for you in the NFL, um, a la Matt Castle, a la Matt Flynn, a la Nick Foles. I mean, it's just phenomenal. I mean, and great for him, great for his family. You know, he took the opportunity presented from him. You know, once things didn't work out there in Miami, 
Uh, he went to, you know, Tennessee to be the backup to Marcus Mariota. And, you know, what an epic failure I personally believe Mariota has been. But when Tannehill got his name called, kind of like, you know, Obed's boy Tom Brady did, you know, all those years back, you know, he took the opportunity and ran with it. And good for him. Is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? That's a that's an open and broad term because I probably wouldn't have said Trent Dilfer was either, but yet he has a ring. So Tannehill is a better player than Trent Dilfer was in that analogy. So do I think they have enough, especially if they keep Derrick Henry, that offensive line, a solid defense, maybe add a few more pieces around? Sure, absolutely. And you mentioned Derrick Henry. They uh, Titans have franchise tag Derrick Henry. Obed, do, do you think that he'll actually sign or maybe even pull a Le'Veon Bell and sit out because, man, I'm, I, I don't know why you wouldn't give this guy a long-term deal. I mean, I feel like you should try to get him signed. I mean, he's played very well over the last uh, end of the last season, excuse me, the end of two seasons ago. And then this past season, he actually played very well. I think, you know, the kudos to him for finally figuring it out. Maybe he was just a late bloomer. It took a while for him to come together. Um, but again, his success is the reason Ryan Tannehill just got paid. Ryan Tannehill didn't have more than 16 attempts in the loss to Denver, 29 attempts in the, uh, the win against uh, the L.A. Uh, Clippers. Uh, for LA Clippers, the LA Chargers, 33 <laughs> attempts against the Buffalo, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, throwing for 144 yards, 312, 193, 331. 190. He, he's so inconsistent. We know what we've seen in him. I've watched this guy play most of his career with the Dolphins. I am not sold on what Ryan Tannehill is, but this is the new era of football where these big splash plays that get you points and chunk yards are going to cover the fact that you have inaccuracy issues. You have. Right, problems. right. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, no, you're absolutely right, dude. I mean, I just don't get why, uh, you know, they're just not really willing to just give this guy a deal. I mean, he's proven he was the league, le he's the league leader in rushing last season, you know, so I'm not really sure why. It's just amazing to me that the, these teams really continue to franchise tag big name players who, who show up. It's more more specifically, look at the Bengals, Chris. They just they franchise tag AJ, AJ Green. Why would you not want to sign him? I mean, I'm sure he probably wants out. So, I, I mean, and I was actually going to say before, when we were talking about Brady and Tampa Bay, Chris, it is possible, you know, I think Tampa Bay should go after A.J. Green. Even though they have Mike Evans, you give him two number one receivers, for sure that Brady's going to go off. But, Chris, I mean, why would you not want to pay your elite, elite players? Why continue just to franchise tag them? You know, like I said, Derrick Henry, now, now A.J. Green. What's the deal here, Chris? I think the I think the Bengals did did him wrong completely by a guy that's been nothing but a loyal uh, soldier, if you want to call him that, uh, has done nothing but show up with his um, lunchbox and, and water bottle every single day and came to work. Um, honestly, I think if the if the Bengals were an upstanding organization, they would allowed him the opportunity to look elsewhere. I just think it's greed on this point at this point. They don't they don't want to let him go, and I I, I honestly have no. I don't know, Sherman. This one bothered me more than anything else that I've seen so far in this offseason. You know, sorry, Obed, you want to jump uh, in? Yeah, I think I think the reason they were keeping him around is because there was an actual comment made by Joe Burrow that uh, I guess some reporter asked him, like, what would you think about A.J. Green sticking around? And Joe Burrow was like, oh, I mean, I'd love to have him. I'd love to play with him. Right, because, I mean, it's pretty much almost not quite guaranteed, but almost guaranteed with the point where the Bengals will probably be taking Joe star. Sorry, sorry, yeah. enemy cut you off. No, no worries, no worries. Uh, have a young star come out here and groom with him at the same time. I, I agree with you, Chris. I think they've done him dirty. I think he deserves an opportunity to go and have some success somewhere else. 
I definitely, yeah, I definitely think he he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. He's one of an elite player, of course. So moving along, Chris, I know we talked about Marcus Mariota before too. He's signing with the Raiders. Um, kind of surprised there. Do you think he's going to take over for Derek Carr anytime soon? Hell no, Sherman. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr, you have to remember, uh, as, as recent as a couple seasons ago, until he got the injury that put him out for the rest of the year, he was in the MVP conversation. Now, I think he needs a little bit more time under John Gruden's offense to really mold into what they need him to be. But I still think from an overall talent perspective and even from a body of work, Derek Carr is a vastly better player than Marcus Mariota. Okay. All right. I mean, I... I... I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, Chris, on that one. I'm just thinking, you know, why would Gruden kind of bring him, bring in, you know, a former starter like this? Is it, is it just to have competition, you know? It's not about that competition, baby. You know how he is when he likes to talk like this. And, you know, we love to compete out there, guys. Yeah, so, of course. So, he can, he's, he brought in Mariota to push Derek Carr to where he needs to be. And Derek Carr was top three in QBR and completion percentage last year. Something that went under the radar because of, you know, other players doing other things. But, yeah, it's all about the competition. Dude, I think I think they're just trying to make big moves. Now they're going to, they're going to Vegas. They signed former Cowboys tight end Jason Wynn. They signed the cornerback from the Saints, Eli Apple. I think they're just trying to make moves to create buzz because they're moving to Vegas. Quite frankly, I think that's what it is. Don't think they're really going to do anything much next season. Um, continuing, more, talking again more about franchise tagging, the Cowboys franchise tag Dak Prescott, which is kind of sort of expected here, but really wondering why they're not signing him to a long-term deal yet. He absolutely deserves it. Uh, Obed, just quickly here, um, why isn't this deal done yet? He deserves a deal, but, I mean, what are you really paying for when you pay Dak Prescott? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just don't. We'll see what he looks like without uh, Jason Garrett there, if Jason Garrett really was the issue. But if Joe, if uh, if Dak doesn't come out here and look like a top five, top ten a quarterback in the NFL, I don't know if he's going to get that kind of money. He should, it should have at least gotten to something in the 33 range. They don't want to pay that. We'll see where it ends up. If, he, if he's going to make his money or lose his money this year. I mean, the, the Cowboys, they paid Amari Cooper. He got $60 million guaranteed on a $100 million contract. I don't even know why. So they've got money. Chris, why isn't this DAC deal done yet? It's just leverage, guys. They know that their window is very, very thin at this point. Uh, they've got a one, two, maybe three-year window to win a title. So it's leverage. So they, they are signing as many players as they can. Um, obviously, they had to let go of a, what was it, uh, the safety um, role, I think it was, but um, everyone else they were able to keep on um, signed a big contract so they can make a huge push this year, leverage the money, put Dak on the one year like Obed said, let him prove himself and then next year he will get his big contract That's Byron Jones, Byron Jones Byron Jones, Jones thank you very much yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just I'm really just shocked that they haven't gotten it done to me, it seems that Jerry Jones does not believe in Dak Prescott fully that's what it seems like to me I think he he was hoping perhaps somebody would get somebody else. Maybe they'll maybe they'll draft someone. There are rumors circling that people are thinking that the Cowboys should draft um, Jalen Hurts. You know he's a he's a Texas guy, so who knows what could happen there. Um, in some other news, uh, you know you mentioned this before, Chris Nick Foles. Um, you know having coming off of one good year, he got his deal. The Jaguars just traded him to the Bears for the for a fourth round pick. Um, now, of course, you got your boy Mitchell Trubisky still there. Is this going to be a good QB competition you know, in the offseason, what have you? What, what's going to happen here, Chris? Is Nick Foles going to be a starter week one? Or is Trubisky will be keep or just, just Trubisky will be keeping his job? 
Uh, similar to what's going on in, in Vegas, you brought Nick Foles in to push your star Trubisky. They really, they're invested in Trubisky right now. Um, but I say that hesitantly because if this year does not go well, they will, you know, be invested in getting off of the Trubisky train. But Nick Foles, he's basically a less flashy, um, um, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Mr. Beard right now. Ryan, I'll give him this great Ryan Fitzpatrick? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thank you, Sherman. Gosh, you know, it's early in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> But yes, Nick Foles is a less flashy Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a perennial um, professional, goes around a lot of teams as a backup, has one good year here and there, a flash, but he's not a guaranteed bona fide starter. Hopefully he pushes Trubisky to be that. Yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy, I think he's going to be kind of on a hot seat. He was up for what, he's coach of the year a couple of years ago. You know, Trubisky's kind of falling off, you know, that whole – uh, that train there. So, I mean, Obed, I'll go to you just quickly here. The Bears, they're trying to improve that position. They picked up, uh, they made a couple moves. They made a move. They got Jimmy Grand, the former Packers tight end there. I mean, is is really, is Nick Foles in a position to succeed in Chicago, you know, once he kind of eventually possibly takes over for Trubisky? I mean, there's a chance there because it's the same system that he's come from and been good at or been done well at, uh, prolifically winning a Super Bowl versus looking like doo-doo most other times. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, he's trash. Trubisky is trash. They're going to give Trubisky a chance to try to own this job because of all the draft capital they put into him when they could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we won't go there. Um, but I don't, I think Trubisky's going to suck. He's going to come out. He's probably going to suck. They're just going to do this back and forth with them and probably try to dump the two of them at the end of the season and get a new quarterback. Right. There was one more transaction I wanted to talk about that went down this week. Um, it was the Broncos releasing uh, quarterback Joe Flacco. Man, this guy goes from, you know, uh, having his huge big term contract of coming off that Super Bowl victory with, with Baltimore a few, a few years back. Now he can't even get a job. I mean, is Chris, I'll just go to you quickly here. Can Flacco again be a starter in the league? This makes me so happy personally, just coming from the division, you know, being a Steelers fan and him a former <laughs> This makes me so happy. And just to see the just to see the uh, the memes and the Bert and Ernie memes that they always do with, with Flacco, this is this is phenomenal for me. But I mean, honestly, you know what? If you can't hold on to a starting job with the Broncos, I mean, what does that say, guys? I mean, I mean, again, John Elway hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire since the days of the only good move he made was with bringing Peyton Manning in in regards to his quarterback carousel there. But can he be a starting quarterback still? Absolutely. But he's going to have to go somewhere and be a backup and then maybe get that you know, situation like Nick Foles got or get the situation like a Tannehill got come in and he's got one more opportunity, guys. That's it. I, you know what? I can't even disagree with you. He's got one more shot. Um, I think, and then that's going to be it for him because he's, like I said, this was per perfect example. He was an overrated. He's, you he got paid as a, one of the most highest paid quarterbacks when he got his deal, but this is a perfect example of, of becoming hot at the right time. And you get paid at the right time. He won that Super Bowl in his contract year. Got a got a deal, and sure enough, now look at him. He was not an elite. He got paid like like an elite, but he proves he is not an elite QB. Point blank. Uh, moving along, I wanted to quickly discuss as we wrap up here this week on what's the word entertainment. The CBA players it it, it did pass. There's a new CBA in place in the, in the league. Uh, there's going to be 14 playoff teams this year, seven from each uh, conference for the first time. Now it's it, that the only by week will come by the top seed only instead of the top top two. Um, Obed, your thoughts on the new CBA and kind of what it alludes to here? 
Um, it alludes to, well, they're probably going to have load management. Uh, there's no way that with a roster exemption of two more players, you're going to be able to have your best, you know, 11 men out there on offense, or excuse me, 22 men out there, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. With the amount of hits and punishment these guys are going to go through, um, I mean, you know, hopefully this is what they wanted. Uh, a lot of big name stars, J.J. Watt, uh, Aaron Rodgers came out in, a, in opposition of this. Michael Thomas, Russell Okun did not want this. Um, Russell Okun didn't even want to be the president of the Players Association. He nominated Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, 23 years old. Is, is he going to be going to boardroom meetings while he's on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it, it'll be exciting times, to say the least. This is a very, I mean, they're going for a very heavy, uh, to me, college-infused program. We'll see, right? College doesn't have the the crispest game out there. If, if that's what the NFL wants to see now, if they just want to make points, they want to make money, go ahead. Uh, but people will have to adapt. You know, I think we're, you're seeing it now with these three-year contracts being kind of the minimum right now, two-year contract being the minimum, because really how much year-to-year uh, -year is going to change. If you're only getting a chance to go for one playoff spot, I feel like that's not a lot of – that doesn't create competition. You're going to have more bottom feeder teams who are just like, we're out of it, you know? So, Chris, your thoughts on the, the new CBA and some of the points that uh, made the headlines here? Honestly, guys, I, I love this. Um, in regards to, you know, the 17-game season, low management, this is where I kind of have to – you know, go away a little bit from what Obed said about the load management. That doesn't really, I think, hold up in this case because if you look at, you know, previously we were, we have four uh, preseason games. The top, you know, 11 guys on each side of the ball all average between six or seven quarters between those four games, usually one in the first, one quarter in the first game, two in the second, two or three in the third, and then usually one quarter or, or maybe less uh, in the fourth. So if you add that 17th a game, um, I don't think that's any different than what they were taking away in the in the preseason. And and I love what they did with the playoff format. I, I never understood of having two teams getting a bye in the first round. I don't believe that's right. I love what they're doing. I think this is a win-win. The CBA, the players get um, a little bit more money than actually they probably were going to get, um, you know, which came out, you know, in the news that the uh, owners were actually hoping that they would reject it because they thought they left too much meat on the bone. So I think this is a win-win for everyone, guys. And it really, I think Obed and I had talked about this weeks ago uh, when we were first discussing the new CBA. Um, but it really helps out these bottom guys, these, these minimum, these minimum uh, income players. They're getting a big push, so that really helps out them. The Aaron Rodgers of the world, and you know the Drew Breeses of the world, and things like the high prolific guys, money makers. You know, they, they've they've got a good deal raised in place, but really help out these other guys. You know, you know, get more practice squad players. You got you got to have a bigger roster, game game day roster. Now it gets these guys more checks on game days, and really helps them out quite a bit. Like I said, I love the fact that we're going to go to we possibly possibly go to 17 games next um, two years from now in 2021, excuse me. Um, but with the new playoffs format will happen this upcoming uh, 2020 season, which is great for me. More more teams, more games. Why not? It brings in more revenue. It gets people watching more football. So I'm all about it. The more football we can have, the better for it is, in, in my personal opinion. Well, 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 folks, I think that is going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, I know everyone has been at home, you know, kind of just locked up in the crib, just kind of chilling on isolation, things like that. With, you know what? If you got some time, check out any of our episodes here on SoundCloud.com slash What's the Word Entertainment. Um, Obed, any last words for the people out there? No, Obed. All right. I think Obed says enough. Okay. Chris, uh, any last words for you from you? Um, I just I just hope everyone stays safe think and about Please do everything that you can uh, to think about the ones around you. It's not just about you. It's about um, others involved. 
Oh, Ben, sorry, you go now. Yeah, no worries. Uh, guys, start thinking about the party you're going to have when you get out of this, right? When this is over, think about the, the lavish vacation you're going to take because you know you're not out here spending any money. If you have any saved up, think about the great walks you're going to go on. Think about being able to shake uh, a friend's hand, dap them up every time that you haven't been able to for forever. Uh, relish those moments. We're going to get through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, guys, I hope you guys be safe out there and take care of yourselves. Again, folks, check us out on soundcloud.com slash what's the word entertainment. And of course, on Twitter at the WWENT. For Obed and for Chris, I am Sherm. We will catch you guys next time. Peace.